Hey, welcome to the Misfits for Jesus radio ministry and podcast. How are you, Barry? Good morning to you. Hey, good morning to you. Who's Doing over well? there on your right? Am I right? Yeah. Just, just That's just the outside. Uh, uh, the other uh, right. Tim Crow. Tim Crow, how are you, brother? I am doing well. How about you? <laughs> well, I was doing good, but you know, this, uh, this, can I, uh, man, this thing I got going with, I, I don't want to, I don't want to look at them. So I have this new situation going with somebody called Mr. Jack Lamont. And we've been trying to get Jack to talk for how many shows, Barry? Three, three, over three, over three hundred fifty yeah. shows. So you figure if you average forty five per year, yeah. you're pushing seven, eight years of shows. He's never said one word. Yeah, he just comes in and hangs out. And what do you think of that, Jack? You think that's any kind of way to be? That's really what I thought. So why don't you just, you know what? <laughs> there he goes. He's so easily offended these days, Barry. So what I'm going to do? That was my last official address to Mr. Lamont. I will actually go through one of you, Uh-oh. either Barry or Tim. <laughs> Mr. Crow, would you reach out to Mr. Lamont and tell him to yeah. come back? We're trying to do the show. Can you come back? We're trying to do the show. <laughs> Please tell Mr. Lamont that I said thank you. Come back, Jack. <laughs> Mr. Lamont, Randy says thank you. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is really getting old. Now, apparently, we're going to have some kind of duel in the coming future. I'm not sure what it's been, what it is. He's been building it up for quite a while. He's so been building it, be it up. Good. He's been practicing. I yeah. see him, you know, bringing some things into the church, things uh-huh. like that. But, um, uh-huh. wow. Guys, we had a heck of a car show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? It was great. We had a good turnout. Tim, you were kind of heads up of the heads over the uh, evangelism team. What did you see? What, what did your boots see when you hit the ground? I saw a lot of really good people that uh, that were open to uh, hearing just a little bit about the gospel, just uh, a little bit about how Jesus loves them as much as he loves their cars. You had the little cards that you passed out, probably 50 or 75 of those? Yeah. And that's an idea that God gave to you for that specifically for that day, right? Mm-hmm. What did it say on the card? Because I thought they were super cool. Um, there were three cards, and, and they said uh, Jesus loves like either a Chevy, a Mopar, or a Ford almost as much as he loves you and it was split up so that it says jesus loves a chevy and then you flipped it over and it said almost as much as he loves you and then it had john three sixteen on the back wow. nice. very simple very nice clean yeah. how were their responses when you were passing these cards out i don't think there was anybody that didn't smile when i okay. gave them a card would you say that's different than maybe you've seen in the past because this isn't your first time around do you think people maybe are more softening to the gospel in your opinion they might be softening to the gospel. I think that that particular group of people, the, the automotive enthusiasts, are really good people, and they're open to the gospel. It's just they don't feel accepted by the church because they're gearheads. <laughs> Seeing how half the church is gearheads, right, and the yeah. other ones would be gearheads if their Motorcycle car would Motorcycle riders. Miss yeah. <laughs> Fitzgerald Jesus would gladly take any right. car enthusiast. I yes. like that word. And we tell Mr. Lamont to not crinkle the chip bag anymore when he comes up and retrieves the chips, please. Chips for breakfast. Mr. Lamont, don't crinkle the chip bag when you come up to get chips. Yes, the chips that you purchased. So tell Mr. Lamont thank you for the chip purchase. Mr. Lamont, thank you for the chip purchase. I'm liking this, guys. (laughs) So, Tim, we have a brand new group of interns down here at Righteous Rides. And they were part of the evangelism team too, correct? They were kind of walking around. Yeah, they were around, know. yeah. They helped us out in all kinds of stuff. 
pretty much anywhere where we help. needed it. Yeah, they were real good help. Had fun with those guys too. It's good to see the youth want to be around. Yeah, they're definitely enthusiastic about about helping out, and uh, they really like misfits and want to be a part of it. And that's kind of dovetails into what I wanted to talk a little bit about because I heard an article last week on Bot Radio, and it talks about millennials. Now I know they're not millennials. I think millennials they're probably. Uh, what, 30 and above or something like that? Yeah. But this next group of kids, mm-hmm. young people, it's actually even more difficult to reach. But it said, mm-hmm. this article said, four out of 100 millennials actually know what the gospel is. Wow. Four out wow. of 100 millennials actually understand what the gospel is. Is that tragic? Yes. That's very tragic. Well, they said, mm-hmm. as time gets closer to him coming back, there's, there's going to be so many Bible illiterates. You know, it's, it's scary. Just, yeah, it's really scary because it's like, well, we're going to talk about uh, some of the signs and things like that too, huh? Yeah, and it's funny because, okay, Tim, if I ask you as an evangelist, the scriptures say, where is this hope of him coming? For the last thousands of years, this has been happening. All these things have been happening. Why now? Why do you feel, in your opinion, it's just an opinion, could be wrong, could be right, but why do you feel like we are entering into the last of the last days. Now, we know uh, for definition that when Jesus went home, the ascension started the last days. But do you feel, in your opinion, that we are in the last of the last days? And if so, maybe why? I think most definitely because the Bible says that in the last days, the love of people will will grow cold. They won't care about each other. They won't. Mm -hmm. And that's proof that the church right now, if if they haven't reached, if they've only reached four millennials out of a hundred, that means even the church is waxing cold and not loving the way that it should love. Oh, that's scary. And you know, if you go further into the definition, I I heard this from somebody who was smart. <laughs> uh, when Jesus, when you actually use that, the love of many will wax cold. In the original Greek, it would mean people would be easily offended. Do you think that's... Yeah, people are definitely easily offended. Oh, about now. anything you can think of. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be uh, Christian stuff. I mean, anything offends them. Just whatever. If I say the sky is blue, there'll be somebody offended by it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. It's something. Some, well, sorry. it's a painting contract. No, no, I, I would say right. that was an indigo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I found a verse here. Let's see what you guys think about this. This is in Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 3, it says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, okay. mocking the truth, following their own desires. Sound familiar? Yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty familiar. And they'll say, well, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same as the world was first created. That was the verse that I paraphrased about five minutes ago. Right. It was the RVA version. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but mocking the truth as well as your own desires because i i would have to say personally we're probably this is the most that i've seen people be so selfish okay with their time and their money and everything it's all about them and how they see things even though you speak in the truth to them they bend it to their way we have what you would call a biblical worldview exactly. we see everything right. through the lens that is scripture right. so the right. further if we talked about four out of a hundred millennials see have a biblical worldview it's no no surprise that they don't see things like we do they don't right. they don't um, you know they believe right. but listen to this the world this is out of second timothy chapter three verses one through whatever you should know this timothy that in the last days there will be very difficult times would you say we're there 
For people will love only themselves and their money. <laughs> they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. Hmm. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They're the kind who work their way in people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they're never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are just as they did with Janus and Jambres. Wow. It's funny when you see not everybody. Uh, you see some athletes or movie stars or whatever, and you talk about lovers of themselves and boastful and proud and arrogant and every other kind of. Right. Wow. But when they get to the end of their career, then what? I don't know. I think about that. There's a nothing lot. left because, you know, like the actors, they, they, they lose their beauty and stuff like that. What do you do? You built your future on sand, right? I don't know what you do. There's no foundation. Infomercials. Right. Infomercials. Yeah. I think that's what you do. Right. <laughs> yeah. well. Wow. What's that scripture that you talk about prophecy and it's led to it's one of your favorites you say it all the time okay. every time i put you on the spot you can't remember but you're always spouting that off because it's one of the ones you download it i don't think it's a scripture it's just a saying that a, a bible teacher had one time that the goal of all bible prophecy is to inspire holy living not to know the times or the hours or the exact date it's to inspire holy living it should scare you into into behaving that is a great saying because really i mean we should be comforted by the words of the prophets unless you're living outside the boundaries that god set up then you could be in trouble when he comes back mm-hmm. yeah and i love what paul had to say i don't i don't want to be ashamed do the right thing so we're not ashamed at his coming you know and we, we believe that any moment we could be out of here right because nobody knows the time or the hour but it does say be prepared because he's going to come back like a thief in the night right yeah so you got to be prepared at all times because we, we don't know Okay, boys, let's bust it down to the nuts and bolts. Tim, you're a mechanic. Actually, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Tim, you're an evangelist who happens to be okay with turning your wrench. How about okay, that? Yeah, Is that better? I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> so busting it down to the nuts and bolts of it, you just said, Barry, to be prepared. Now, people, I, you know, doomsday preppers, I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah, have you seen cool it? Shows. Those, those, some Doomsday shows. preppers, you know, they're a little flaky. Now, some of them have gone over the top. They've gone over the top, right. but everybody should be prepared. Right. And even the scripture said, look at the ants, study him. Right. He's prepared, yeah. right? Yep. So we have that. But let's talk about the nuts and bolts of what it looks like to prepare your faith for what's coming. We believe that something's coming. You know, what's it look like? What do you do? Like, there's a person out there right now. How about this? The gospel. And maybe we'll set this up right before <laughs> break. This side of the break, I'm going to say, there's a person listening right now. They go to church service on occasion. They don't read the word. They did have a profession of faith some 20, 30, 40 years ago, but they've never really done much. They, they do know Jesus. Why don't we say that? They know Jesus. But they haven't prepared. They don't even know what it looks like to actually prepare for what we believe are going to be tough times coming up for Christians. Whether you're a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, right. the fact of the matter is uh, the Christian faith is hard, and it's getting harder in America. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of the break, I want you guys to nuts and bolts of what it looks like to prepare yourself or ready yourself. 
That sound fair? That sounds fair. Will you tell Mr. Lamont, ask him if it's break time, please? Mr. Lamont, is it break time, please? Dang it, he's really good. Yeah, can't trip him up. I think it must be break time. We will be right back with questions on how do we prepare our faith? Lang Insurance is your local, trusted, independent insurance agency for 40 years and growing. Steve Lang says, I dare you to compare your current home and auto insurance policy to our top 10 insurance companies. Most of the time, we will save you money, sometimes thousands. Either way, you will know that you have the best policy at the best price. Lang Insurance, someone local you can trust. For a free, no obligation insurance quote on home, auto, business, life, and health, call 636-229-7000, 636-229-7000, or go to langinsurance.com 24-7. Dare to compare Lang Insurance. Okay, welcome back. Now, right before break, boys, if you remember, I was asking nuts and bolts practical steps somebody's listening out there right now and they recognize they're lukewarm they recognize right. hey they're not really walking with the lord if anything they're kind of floating along right yeah they're in cruise control right nowhere in the bible to say anything about cruise control right, right? so i want each of you barry you take one tim two okay. barry three tim four however many it could be 50 of course, we're out of showtime at that point. Number one, <laughs> what's the number one thing? Barry, we can do a top ten. Oh, uh, number, to number one your thing walk. would be to study God's word. Study God's word, Barry. That's probably the ultimate. Now, what do you mean? You mean just wake up and and maybe something comes to your phone, like a little word of the scripture of the day? Now, what do you mean by studying God's word? Now, that's word? a good start. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done that, that is a good start to okay. get it, to, to start devotions, and you can you can get uh, you can order devotions online too. I mean, there's all kinds of people who have. A good word for the day. Or okay, whatever. that's a start. But then you have to actually open the book for yourself. Oh, and that's a leap because a lot of people are intimidated by it. Now, where would you start? What book? Probably John. Okay, Gospel of John. That tells you who Jesus is. Tells you the whole whole thing in a nutshell. I mean, you don't have to look far to find him on that one. That's for sure. That's how that's how it was presented to me because I was a little stubborn back in the day and I didn't quite believe what Pastor was telling me about I I could be forgiven. I'm like. You don't know what I've done. He's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's like, I'm not reaching you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read. And that's what he, he sent me to okay. John. He's like, read that and you tell me what you find. So if you're not saved, you can read John. Mm-hmm. You probably will end up getting right. saved if you're reading right. it with an open heart. Right. If you are saved and you're not doing anything, it's still a wonderful book to go and start fortifying your faith, preparing. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, Tim. So that's number one. We're going to go down here. What was the number two thing? I would say that you got to inventory yourself in in line with God. Like uh, the end of Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. Let, let Jesus in and let him work out what he needs to work out in the order that he wants to work it out. I'm going to do point-counterpoint, boys. So you're going to say these things, and I'm going to I'm going to play... I don't want to say the devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to play a guy. I'm going to play the man you're talking to. Yeah, but you don't know, you, man. You can I, be the elaborator. We always joke I'm the about great it. elaborator. <laughs> there you okay. go. Well, I want you guys to elaborate. I'm just going to question. So when I examine myself, I don't like what I see, Tim. So I, I, I really don't want to do that. Why should I examine myself when I know it's not good? 
the only way that you're going to fix those things is to look at them and to become convicted of them. Okay. Okay. And God will convict you, and when with the conviction will come a way of rectifying the problem. Right, and okay. I would say conviction's not a bad thing. No. No, because that'll get you to do something. That'll get you to address whatever issues you're having. He wants to help. I think a lot of people are intimidated by him, like he's this evil judge in the skies. Like if you step out of line, a man take you away. It's not like that. He loves you, and he wants to help you, and he wants to be involved in your life. If you but seek him, he will be found. Exactly. Okay. You only have to look far. Well, I'm going to ask you, Barry, going back to your first point. I'm going to tell you, when you said study the word, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you I'm a terrible reader. I can't read well. Um, I don't understand what I read. What would you say then? Well, it's kind of like we tell people that for their first time. It's like, for one, you have to have an open open spirit, open heart, because God will speak through you, to you through the word. But I would say bite-sized chunks at first. Okay. You can't read a whole book of John in one day and probably not get anything out of it because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay, I'm brand new. I have been saved. Right. I, I'll, the only thing I really do is go to church on Saturdays. Right. What version of the Bible should I read being brand new? Ooh, I, I, one of the easiest translations is NLT, I think. Okay. Uh, there's several of them that are, that are easy to, easier to read. And uh, by the way, they're all the same. They're saying the same thing. I know they get labeled different things because, oh, this one's not King James, or this one's not New King James, or this one's not NIV or whatever, they're all saying the same thing. It's God's word. I would just say, open it, slowly read it for yourself. So if we, you have questions, I would say ask somebody, hey, what's this mean? I don't understand this, you know? Would you say, because I remember as a kid, my palate was pretty, not real refined. Mm -hmm. I want McDonald's and I want <laughs> chips. Right. The older I get when I started maturing, Right. Uh, my palate got expanded. Would you say initially right away that the NLT or the ESV or maybe even the CEV would be right. a good place to start, but to maybe start. you right. could move beyond that oh, yeah. to where you're reading right. King James Version, New right. King James Version. Right. So I did like your point about just get God's Word inside of you. Right. Just study it. Well, once you start, it speaks to you and you develop a craving for it. Once it, once it clicks, you start going, oh, now I'm starting to slowly get it. The light's slowly coming on, and I get it. You want more of it. Okay. Or at least I... So it creates appetite. Right. creates an appetite for it. And he speaks through his okay. word all the time. And there's so much encouragement in the scriptures. Obviously, the Old Testament, uh, I probably wouldn't start there. That's, that's uh, well, unless you're reading Genesis or something. Maybe you can hear about the beginning. But some of that stuff is a little... Uh, I wouldn't start numbers or something like that right off the bat. It's just like you're not going to get it. So, go to the go to uh, the New Testament's where I would start. Lots okay, so we've got mm -hmm. study God's word number one, mm -hmm. and I like just examining yourself. Like Paul said, a man ought yeah. to examine himself. Okay, right. number two. What about number three? Another way we can fortify our faith. Another way we can be prepared. I would say be involved. Be involved. Volunteer. You know, Be involved where, Barry? I, I would say um, in, in, in some type of outreach that's going on. Because I, I remember going through the baby steps, learning, and I remember talking to the pastor, and he's like, you're doing the right thing. You're staying, you know, you're learning, you're reading. It probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you, but just keep reading. And then it was the next thing was get involved in a study group or get involved <laughs> in some type of outreach that your church is doing. 
Because when you do that, when you put faith, put feet to the faith that you have, it does something. I don't know what it is, but it, but it, it sets you on fire. I and think it gets you, you it gets you going. <laughs> and it's funny because there are seasons, right? Uh, seasons just just like just like seasons or just like when you're young, you go to first grade, second grade, third, fourth, fifth, right. all that stuff. Right. I remember at a, at a church I was formerly at that I was on the bowling. The church bowling lead on Friday, <laughs> and man, I really thought I've served the Lord <laughs> right. because at that time, for me to go and join a church bowling league oh. was huge, and hang around other Christians off the clock, now, so to speak. Correct, it's a big now, deal at that time. At that time, right. now if I was still every Friday night on the church bowling lead, 20, 25, 30 years later, not really doing stuff, you know, to be a little bit, but at that season, right. That's a great way to get it. It was a big deal because right. I'm rubbing elbows with people that were what I considered leaders in the church at time, right. and et cetera, et cetera. But if I'd still been doing that, unless, you know, everything's a matter of the heart. Because if <laughs> I were doing that, under and I would be ministering to the people that were on my team, um, maybe inviting people that did not know Jesus. That's a great way to get like them that. to come be, in. It could be yeah. an outreach. But so yep. that's what the cool thing about the relationship with Jesus. It's so intimately personal yep. that what's right for me may not necessarily be right for you. Right. And I'm not talking about relativism. Relativism. I'm talking about our walk with Jesus being personal. Okay, mm -hmm. so here's what we have. Study God's word, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, inventory ourselves. Make right. an accurate assessment of where you're at, right? Right. Ask God to, to to help you there. Be involved. Get involved in your local church. You know, if you don't have a local church, come to Misfits for Jesus, or come to anywhere. You know, wherever you're listening from, find a good Bible believing church Amen. and get involved. Right. And you know what? You might go where there's a need, not where you want to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sometimes yep. you people come to church and and uh, oh, I want to help. Okay, how about that? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. No, how about no, I don't want to do that. Well, why don't you tell me what you want to do? And you know, right. Uh, well, so. I, I would say anything. Find a need. Right. Where, where's Even the need? cleaning. Cleaning I'll clean. team, whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll sweep I mean, the parking lot. I'll I can the guarantee trash you camp. every church needs help at some capacity. Whether, whether it's cleaning, parking lot attendance, whatever it is, they need help. Guaranteed. And you'll fit right in. Okay, Tim. Number four. Uh, He's over there thinking I can see smoke coming out of his ears, baby. Hide <laughs> God's word in your heart. Ooh. Ooh. You're talking memorizing no, scripture. I was going to say that. What do you right? mean by that? Memorizing? Okay, why would I want to do that? Like I let me let me say this. I'm going back to that guy. Man, I've got so much going on. I got a family I'm taking care of. I'm about to lose my job. My house is going on. You know, I got, I'm a busy person, Tim. I'm involved in three softball teams. And I coach my kids' soccer team. How am I going to have time to read the word? Number one, make an inventory of myself. Get involved somewhere else when I don't have enough. And now you're telling me to memorize scripture. How am I going to do all this? <laughs> God will make a way, and. Uh the reason you need to do it is you always need to be ready to provide an answer for the hope that lies within you oh baby you, you got to you got to have god's word in your in inside of you so that when you need it it's right there so that you're not flipping through the bible looking for a specific verse and so it needs to be part of your thinking and part of your action and part of your daily life and the only way that you can do that is to memorize it love it David said, right. "I've hidden my, I've hidden your word in my heart that I not sin against you." Yeah, you know because, and it, what what what? Okay, here's one more time. I don't, I can't remember the words. I can't remember the number. Does it matter if I don't remember? You know, John three sixteen <laughs> for God. So just no, just okay. get the just get the word in there. Get the okay. Right. We'll okay. work get it. We'll word. work it out later. Right. We'll work it out. In fact, back in the day, there weren't numbers or chapters or anything. <laughs> exactly. Right? Didn't just, matter. Yeah, okay. Just wrote it on a... You guys, this is helpful. Okay, number right. one. 
study God's word. Right. Number two, inventory yourself. Number three, be involved somewhere in a Bible-believing right. church, Bible-preaching right. church. And Tim, memorize Scripture. Hide His Word deep in your heart. Okay, Bear, we're, we're working now, on five. Now, I want to say on these things here, this is if you want your life to change. Okay. If you're happy being the guy that's working two jobs and three softball teams and, and hobbies out the wazoo and still can't figure out why your life's a wreck, oh. you got to put Jesus first. Oh. And then all that stuff will fall. He'll make the time. You'll probably have to weed a few things out so you have time for these things, but he'll make a way. That's good. Put him first. So he'll expand time. You've seen it happen. Right. Well, everybody says, oh, I put my family first. No, it's God first, then your family. Yeah. So, yeah. And and, and if you want to change. Okay, number five, Barry. Uh, Let's see. Come on. What what have we done here now? We've uh, studied the word. Study God's word. Get involved. We're inventorying yourself. Make an inventory, an accurate assessment of who you are. Okay, mm-hmm. be involved in a local Bible-believing church, right? Fellowship, whatever. Memorize Scripture, hide it deep in your heart. These are just nuts and bolts, folks. You don't have to put now, them in this order. I would obviously. say you got to find room for worship too. Oh, whether you're uh, whether uh. you're uh, listening to it on the radio, okay. Worship music because a lot of it's Scripture that they're singing about. Okay, obviously singing about Jesus, but they use Scripture to do it. It's a great way when you when you most of us came out of the rock and roll age and we still like rock and roll, but it's not rock and roll first. You know, so Will you tell Jack I see his thumbs up on the rock and roll, please? <laughs> he There's, sees your thumbs up yeah, on the rock and roll. Right. Jimmy Page wanna Jimmy be. Page wanna be. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta have time for worship, I believe. And let me somebody says, Okay, Barry. Does worship just mean like when I'm in church, like singing to the Lord, or no. can I worship in no. other ways? And if so, how? Right. Well, here's one. Here's one that I do. I can worship God when I when I'm in nature. Okay. A nature speaks to me, and it's just the creation. When you just look around and you see the beauty of everything from 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 whatever the animals, the flowers, or whatever, God created all of that stuff for us to enjoy. Here's what we have. I'm run through them again because we're gonna we love people. They love repeating. Study God's word. Inventory yourself. Be involved in a local church. Memorize scripture. Worship. And there's one key component that, that we've left out so far. How about prayer? The ultimate. Okay. The ultimate. But Tim, let me say this. Can you forget to land this plane? I don't know how to I don't know how to talk to God. I don't know how. You're talking to me. You just talk to him the same way you're talking to me. Bingo. <laughs> Amen. Through Christ. Okay. Now, I tell Jack, I just got the – I'm sorry. <clears throat> tell Mr. Lamont I just got the cue. Mr. Lamont, he just got the cue. And we will now close with 60-second gospel hot seat with Tim Crow. Oh, boy. Somebody out there struggling, help them. If you're struggling and you're tired of struggling, you got to turn to Jesus you got to confess your sins to him, and he'll forgive you, and he will show you a better way to live. It's it's not hard. It's not scary. You should just do it. Amen. That was a 20-second gospel hot seat. Right. Hey, what was, the, what was that thing you used to always say? The, the two things you have to get right. Trust. And be grateful. And be grateful. Amen. Get those things right, you'll be fine. Trust Jesus and be grateful. Have a great week, you guys. Make sure to tell somebody about Jesus. Be kind to one another. Let's make the world a better place. That's all. I've lived for money and I've lived for fame. Yeah, I've lived for man in the blank. Oh, and 
I've been to the bottle and uh, I've been to the brothel. See, I made mistake after mistake. Oh, until I met my God face to face. And now I'm, now I'm traveling down the road with my kid in Jesus Christ. you've heard and now I'm living by the power 